Okay, first of all, I'm going to get them to introduce themselves and tell you their names. And I know they're living here now, but where they're actually from. Hi, um, <laughs> I'm Gladdy. Um, I'm from India. Um, yeah, I'm Josiah from Australia. I feel really boring now. I'm Fred and I'm from Portsmouth. I've um, asked them today to just briefly share about their experience of coming to Christ because I think it's always good to hear other people's stories. And I've asked Josiah to be up here because I know you guys see him running around doing lots of things behind the scenes. And he was also a big part of what we were doing in South. Um, so I've invited him up here just so you could hear a little bit of his story. So. I'm just asking them all the same question and let them start whoever would like, um, is how they came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay, I'll go first. Um, funny enough, I was, like, you know when God knows what he's doing, obviously. I was in, I want to say, kitchen yesterday, actually yesterday morning, and I was just literally thinking on this question of, I remember the first time when I got, actually gave my heart to the Lord. Now, I grew up in a Christian home. I'll try and make this as quick as I can. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, always been around church. My granddad's a pastor, so always in and out. Um, but I remember it was a, a Tuesday night. I was nine years old, and it was right before my parents were going to do a Bible study. And um, it's funny when you grow up in a Christian home. I've got three older sisters and a younger brother, and then I've got two step-siblings as well, big family. And it's funny when you grow up in a Christian home because this was like a, it's sort of like a, how could you say it? Like I remember being like, oh, it's my turn now. I remember my sisters did it. I was like, oh, they gave their heart to the Lord now. Now my parents are like, okay, you know, it's, do you understand this? And it's your turn to do it. So I remember when I got called into the study and I was like, wow, I get to do it now. So, yeah, I was nine when I first gave my heart to the Lord, but there was a, a full journey from there to where I am now. Um, yeah, I'd say grew up in a Christian home. When I was 15, I moved to the other side of Australia with my dad. Um, now, at that time, yeah, I did not want to do that. It was not something that I enjoyed. But. God knew what he was doing, and for me to take that sort of step was that first step in my own faith. Now, I say, being around my parents, I call it piggybacking, not their faith. So, yeah, I'm a Christian. I was at the school. I was known as a kid, the Christian kid. I was also known as a kid that didn't swear. Like, just all these types of things that people are like, that is him. But I got that from my parents. It wasn't like my own. And so, for me to make that conscious decision to move was a decision to be like, okay, God, I'm, I'm doing that now. Um, I spent four years in Queensland, in Brisbane, um, which is the uh, East Coast. Sorry, I was trying to figure out head. And then when I was 19, I moved here by myself. Um, I finished my apprenticeship. I just felt God really be like, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I have no idea. I've finished this. What do I do now? And I really felt him say, you know, go find your own faith, do it yourself. Um, I was going to do two years here in the UK, and then I felt him be like, extend it to five years which I could do because my grandma was originally born here. So I had that option. I did not think I was ever going to work for a church. I'm sure I know and Paul could tell you the countless times we talked about it. I remember when they actually asked me to intern and I said no the first time. I was like, nah, it's not happening. About five minutes later, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I felt God told me to do it, so I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and there's been many times after that where it's God's just been doing his own thing. I wasn't even supposed to be doing many things I'm doing today. I came here for completely different reasons, and God seems to 
as one would say, hijack. He hijacked me and just took me on a whole different ride. So yeah, that's sort of been my story so far. That's sort of the gist of it. But yeah, what I'm doing now is operations manager of this building when you guys aren't here on a Sunday, slash student leader that I co-lead with Pastor Wynell during the week. So yeah, that's sort of my story. <laughs> almost like I've forgotten who I am. <laughs> um, for me, similar to Josiah, I've grown up in a Christian family, and I think it was around the age of eight, seven, eight. Um, I, I don't know if you've watched this movie, The Passion of the Christ, and after watching that, I was crying. As a child watching such a graphic film, <laughs> I was like, mm, this is what Christ went through. And I, I started crying and I asked my parents, like, why, why are they doing that to Jesus? Why are they doing this? And that's when I really understood the magnitude of what Jesus did for us. And I understood salvation at that age. And I was, uh, I'm grateful because finding Christ at a younger age was something my parents were, you know, working towards. And I, it kind of, made me who I am today. So, yeah, I, I, I clearly remember I was crying and I was praying, Lord, you know, the, the prayer that you pray to be saved. And I, after that, um, I almost waited until I was 15 to actually get baptized. Because um, as a child, you're like, oh, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And my, my dad said, you know, in the Bible, the moment people were, you know, saved, they got baptized. They never waited. They never said, oh, I need time. I need to wait seven years. <laughs> so I think at that point, I knew my dad was leading me in the right direction, and I got baptized at 15. And since then, I haven't actually been home, home. Uh, I've always just been, every few years, I've been moving. Um, but God has been moving in that. Um, yeah, and I'm here today. I don't know. So yeah, uh, as I said earlier, my name's Fred. Um, throughout most of my life, I, I was an atheist. Um, and I, I'm, I'm talking like a proper kind of, yeah, th yeah, that, that type of annoying type. And um, <laughs> then when I, 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 I kind of, I grew up and um, I, I just felt like there was something missing, but I couldn't quite put my finger on what that something was. Um, so what I did was I, I started praying to God to take away my atheism. Um, and every day for, I think, probably about six months to a year, I would just pray. And I, I, I genuinely, to this day, do not know why he chose when he did. But one day, God just took it away. And then I started coming here and then got baptized. I think that's amazing, <laughs> I'm intrigued because you're atheist, which for those of you that don't know means you clearly do not believe there is a God, but you ask God to take that away. <laughs> I, I, I understand. I, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to answer that question. I just felt like something was missing, and I just felt like prayer was the best way to solve that something. That is so good. I love that. I think you were probably hijacked as well. <laughs> um, you were baptized last Sunday. Yeah. And um, how have you felt since? Um, well, I, I mean, to be honest, I look at baptism as the next step rather than job done. So I feel like I've got 
working on myself and working on my relationship with God. Yeah, so good, so good. I love that. Um, so, Josiah, I know that um, coming back to you, you were hijacked, and now you're seeing, you know, what God have for you next. What would you say to people out there who are searching and looking for something for their life? Or maybe they think they have all the answers. Just know that when you think you know what you're doing, you don't. That's the best thing I can say. When you, when you think you have it sorted out, just know God's right around the corner being like, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere else. Trust me on that. Um, I think when you need to come to the conclusion of being like, okay, if you're going to do this, then I just have to surrender. I think that was a big part for me. I, I, I was ready, but in my heart, I didn't want it. I, I, I wanted what God wanted, but really I didn't. I was still like, oh, I, I sort of want to be doing this. For me, it was football. I played it when I was home, set me professionally, was going great. Came here, I was like, sweet, everything's going great. Came down here, <laughs> fine, I'll do what you want in this time, but once it gets back to normal, I'll be doing what I'm doing. And then he changed it during the pandemic, and then it got to a point where I was like, I still want to be doing that. And it was like a fence sitter, if that makes sense. And it was just sort of tipping. And I think you just got to get to the point where it's like, you know, I just keep pushing out a wall and it's not moving. And the thing is, is that it won't open because it was never meant for you. You have to always, when something isn't supposed to happen, it won't happen. And when it's supposed to happen, no one's going to be able to close that door. And God will push you into that. And so I just think, get to the point of being like, you know what, God, do what you got to do at the end of the day. I am your vessel. I am here. If you're going to take me somewhere else, do that. But I don't want anything else but what you want. But it is a journey. It doesn't come straight away. It is it takes time, but I think when you have the right people around you, like I have, I have, you know, Paul, he's like a papa to me, he's my mentor as well, someone that I come to regularly, I have Fast One Now, which is like, I have like so many mums, let me tell you right now, <laughs> and she's like, sort of my Texas slash British mum, and yeah, it's just, get the right people around you where you can, are able to feed into you, but also able to tell you when you're doing something wrong, yeah. that is key, and tell you what, why now will tell me when I'm not doing something right. And it, sometimes it sucks, but you need it. And so just get the right people around you. I think that that is key for moving in the right direction. Yeah. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Josiah. And uh, we love having you as a son. Um, Gladdy, it's not always a bed of roses, is it? So what would you say to people out there who think that as soon as you become a Christian, it's going to all be just great and nothing's going to go wrong? One thing, <laughs> one thing I've always just told myself is it's n life is never going to be a straight line. It's going to go up and it's going to go down. That's, that's how life is. Um, and God never says, you know, you're exempt from bad things happening or bad circumstances. It's more that in every situation, he remains constant. And for you to be able to go through that season, you need to hold on to him. Hold, like actually believe that even in the valleys, even in the mountains, he's the same God and he will, he will bring you to the other side. He will grow you in every season. So when, when you don't know what's next, and especially in the season of uncertainty, I think when I look back on my life, one of my favorite seasons is when everything was uncertain because I learned to trust God like I've never before. And I, I, that intimacy with God that you get when, or have nothing else, but you are, you are here. I think that's something you can intentionally work on 
and use that time to actually learn a different aspect of who God is in your life. So I think it's just taking that opportunity of no matter where I'm at in life, I will always try to learn about what God is trying to teach me and who he is in that season. Yeah. Love that. So good. Love what you said about even though things may not be constant for us, God is always constant. Love that. <coughs> so, Fred, uh, or should we call you Fred or Frederick? Because everybody I'm always says Frederick, Frederick don't call they? Call me what you want. <laughs> don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one a lot too. <laughs> what would you say if there's people out there that maybe struggle to believe that there is a God? What What do you think? Was there anything, just a real turning point for you that just you knew that there actually was a God? I, I mean, I, I, I think obviously everyone's story is different. Um, I mean, for me, prayer was, was the answer. Um, I respect that other people may be looking into more the sort of theological, philosophical v uh, view might be better. Maybe just kind of attending church might be might be for them. Um, but yeah, all I can say for me personally, it was it was praying. Pray. And who, who was that? Was that friends, family? Or just you yourself, that prayer? I, I mean, so I, I obviously prayed for years, six months, um, to, for God to take my atheism away. Um, but I, I'd be surprised if I didn't have other people praying for me. Mm. So. Yeah, really good. Well, I'm going to um, invite Danny, if you'll come over to the piano. And I just want you guys, as a one last thing to the people, each one of you, I just want you to share as an invite if there's people here that are struggling, who may not know Jesus is their Lord and Savior, what, what would be your advice or what would you like to say to them as we bring this to a close and give people an opportunity if they want to respond? I was actually thinking about this question Thursday night when I was just sitting with God. And I was reading from First Corinthians. And Paul talks about it a lot. And I think it comes to a point and I'll say the, the scripture is you can't eat at the Lord's table and the, and the table of the devils if that makes sense you, you can't have two masters now that may sound scary all I would say is everyone in their life comes to a point when you either go one way or you go another there's a fork in the road and all I would say is if you are looking for something there's a saying that says curiosity kills the cat I would say be curious let curiosity take you to questions and let questions take you to God answering them. I think that is the best thing. I think let the questions be the result of what you want because when questions come, God will always answer every step of the way. But don't let the questions frighten you because I think some people being scared to ask others, and I know I try and put it forward to whoever I meet, but I'm always open to any question. You can ask me any question you want, and I'll always answer it or try to answer it to the best of my abilities. Because at the end of the day, when people are seeking, you might be the only Bible they ever see. So how are you going to answer that question? And how are you going to be representative of Christ in that moment? So for those that are, that are wanting to know what's next or what do I do? How do I come to Christ? Or is there more? Ask every question you can and see what God answers back. And let that be your story. I think I would say that, um, as, as Josiah was saying, ask questions, but also know that just as you are, God actually 
still chooses to love you and he wants to speak into your life. He wants to work in your life, but he won't do it forcefully. He does it with patience. He does it. He's patient. He, he's waiting for you to say that yes, to open that door um, to him. Because once you open that door, your life will turn around. And I know that all of us, most of us present here can actually testify and say that he is the reason that we're alive. He's the reason that we are still going through our lives. So I would say that do not hesitate to be yourself, but also say, Lord, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to step out into a new season with you um, because he's waiting. So good. I'm going to invite you all to stand, and I'm going to invite the three of them with me to stand. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be missionary today. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to invite all of you just to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm just going to invite you, you know, it really only takes just saying, Okay, Lord, here I am, even if you feel like you're a mess. We've all been there. And I just want to give you the opportunity. We just take a couple of minutes. If you really feel like that that's you, maybe it's a, a rededication. Maybe it's first time. Maybe you just have a lot of questions, but you just want prayer today. Because you, you want God to meet you where you are. And you've heard some of these testimonies that are just real and raw. Nothing was prompted. I'm just going to invite you to step out in the aisle right where you are. We have some leaders that will gather around and pray for you as well. But Danny, just feel free to sing and uh, a worship song. But I just want to give a couple of minutes. And those of you that you are firm in your faith, pray. Pray because this is the time. This is the time when we want to give way to those who need and want to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I wanted to share a saying that I read last night. Don't let your actions distract people from what you are saying. I'll just let you think about that. Don't let your actions distract people from what you're saying. Because sometimes we say one thing with our mouths, but we act in a complete different way. So I just want to encourage you. We've all been there. And we still all have our ups and downs. But God loves you so much. He wants to come into your life and save your soul today and bring life to you. And... Even if you think, well, I don't even know what this is about. All you have to do is say yes to God and let him do the rest. So I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes. If you want to be prayed for, just step out there in the aisle and our leaders will gather around you to pray in a minute.
Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you, Lord, today for those that, even if they may not have stepped out, may have made that commitment, Lord God, right where they're standing. And Lord, I pray that each and every person that has heard your word today, Lord, I pray that may you speak to them and, Lord, that you show them the great and mighty things that you have in store for them, God. And, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for your love. We thank you for loving us unconditionally no matter what. We thank you for everyone that has come today and those even watching online. Lord, we just ask that, Father, you continue to pour out your spirit upon them. Lord, and if they walk out of here today, Lord God, may they know that the peace and love that you have is for them. And Lord, we give you praise for that. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Well,